Hello and welcome to a new episode of After the Amen podcast. I'm Benjamin Lee. Joined, joining with me is uh, Miles Hester. And this week we get to talk about Miles's sermon, Prayer in Perspective. Uh, did a great job. Miles, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, like you mentioned this last weekend, I preached um, a sermon called Prayer in Perspective, thinking about the power of prayer. We're going to be using the letter P a lot <laughs> uh, talking about this sermon. So um, I guess just kind of getting started with what kind of the the attitude and the outset of this sermon was, is th- when we think about the power of prayer, a lot of times we, you know, maybe as Christians, we can feel like I don't know if I'm allowed to pray this, or if I pray for something, maybe we there's a certain prayer or certain verbiage that's used in prayers that we, um, we maybe don't know why we say a certain thing or why we pray in a certain situation, or when we do pray in a certain situation, we don't know what we're praying for. And so I kind of took that idea and went through Jesus's perspective in prayer, Paul's perspective in prayer, and then made some conclusions about our perspective in prayer, and just kind of tried to think about why we pray, what our purpose in prayer is. Really, ultimately, the goal is to glorify God in whatever we do, but especially in our prayers, whether for good or for bad, if it's a positive, thankful prayer, or it's a negative, life isn't going the way I want it to go, something terrible has just happened or is about to happen type prayer. And then we see that in Paul, um, Paul's writings too, making our requests known to God, no matter what those requests are, um, even if those requests don't seem possible, God knows what we want. Um, God knows the desires of the heart. And so um, making those things known to him. And then with our perspective in prayer, obviously time and chance can happen to us all, but we still need to be glorifying God. Uh, One thing we really emphasized, both in Jesus's perspective but in our perspective as well as praying that the Father's will be done. Um, you see that in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's a, obviously a big key moment. And then um, just placing our trust in God. He knows what our desires are. He knows what his will is. And just looking to him for, for answers and guidance and wisdom. And then, you know, listening to that. Yeah, so our perspective, just listening to you and kind of summarizing then really makes a big difference when when it comes to our prayers. Let me ask you this question, because this is a popular one. You know, people will say, well, you know, if God already knows everything that we need, why pray? Um, how would you answer that question um, when, when people bring that up? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And that is really important because I think that's one of the, and I've been there too, where I maybe don't feel like praying or I'm having, a, I'm not doing too great mentally or spiritually or whatever have you, or just kind of in general, it can be easy to think of like, well, I know God. One thing I talked about in the sermon was, you know, we know God as believers, we know God is omnipotent. We believe God to be the creator of the universe. So then when we see him not doing things or we don't think he's going to do something, then we'll kind of prevent ourselves from from praying for whatever reason. But one thing I really want to emphasize and, and tried to emphasize in the sermon was that idea of developing a relationship with God, right? Like um, if um, I, I think about, I kind of compare it to marriage and how, you know, if things that are stressful are going on, right? There are things, you know, we don't want to talk about all the time or whatever, but it's like, 
if you just never talk about your issues ever or never talk, like never address anything stressful and you just only kind of like compartmentalize it or bottle it up or whatever, then like that's not good. Um, and so if we're going to develop that relationship with God, there's power in um, obviously there's power in prayer for lots of reasons, but also in developing that relationship with God of knowing, oh, like. Um, who who can I talk to about this? I need to talk some, to someone. And uh, honestly, I need to talk to someone who can help, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we pray for a diagnosis and there's only some, even doctors, there's only so much they can do. Um, we are praying about our, um, our marriage or our kids or whatever have you. Um, and, and there's only so much people can do. Um, but still praying to God and just developing that relationship is really, really important um, for our perspective in prayer. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And getting comfortable enough, even as God's people, to feel comfortable enough to, to have that mindset of going to God numerous times a day. You know, it can be easy to pray when it just comes to our food. And I think that's appropriate as well. Um, but also, you know, whether it's uh, when we get on the road or traveling or whatever the case may be, you know, the small things still matter to the Lord. And that's something for us to really keep in mind. As I was thinking about your sermon, I know you and I had talked uh, offline about, you know, praying according to his will from passages like First John chapter 5, where John talks about that and the confidence that we can have when we ask. And so there certainly is a development of, you know, understanding the will of God. And certainly I think with anything, just like our Bible study improves as we mature as Christians and uh, our giving, I think probably improves as well as we understand more about who God is. We could say the same thing when it comes to our prayers, that our prayers will in increase and improve from a standpoint of not how eloquent we are, but maybe the depth of those prayers, the pouring out of those prayers, the intimacy of those prayers, even thinking about the confession, you know, how we even confess our sins to God. I think as we mature as Christians, that will get even more uh, in depth um, and hopefully uh, decrease, you know, as we become more uh, perfect or mature in him. I was just thinking about this, Miles, in, in 1 John 5. Uh, let's see what verse is. 14, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Um, and I was thinking about King David back in 2 Samuel chapter 13. And maybe this is a good example of both of the things you are really touching on. Pouring out our hearts to God and also praying you know, according to his will. So David's committed uh, sin with Bathsheba. He sought to cover it up for a long time. Second Samuel chapter, where is it? Chapter 12, Nathan tells him, you are the man. In verse 13, David says, I have sinned. The consequence is in verse 14. The child that is also born to you shall surely die. Um, Bathsheba's child or Uriah's widow's child is, is struck. The child is very sick. But isn't it interesting in verse 16, David therefore inquired of God for the child. So he just got this judgment pronounced to him by the prophet. Your child is going to die. The child is sick. 
But now David is praying to God. Why would he do that? I find that interesting. And we know the rest of the story. Look at verse 22. While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me that the child may live. So even after that pronouncement of judgment, David just had such great confidence in God, relationship with God, that he still prayed to God for the child for that entire week. So I just I just find that interesting that he's still praying to God and it did not it didn't change the outcome, but it didn't change David's relationship with God either. He still went to God. He still sought God for his mercy although that was going to be the consequence. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I have not mm-hmm. thought of it from that perspective before that, well, I guess we could say that's not really according to God's will because he just explicitly told David, here's here's what I'm going to do. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's the thing about prayer is when one thing, one idea, one big idea that I talked about in this sermon is where we stand versus where God stands, right? And so... Um, where if you put that in David's situation from where he stood, he knew he knew exactly what he had done. He knew why the child was going to die. He understood what Nathan was saying. He understood what God had said. He's very aware of, of all the factors that are at play. Um, and, and he's fully aware of his role in that. But nobody wants their child to die. Even if, I mean, there's no situation where that's the ideal scenario, right? And so, and especially with him feeling the guilt that he felt and all of that. So he, but he also knows God who, and he says, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that my child may live. That's not a statement of, um, you know, I'm going to lose my faith over this if if God doesn't spare this child, because I understand, like I just said, like he understood what God was saying um, and what was going to happen. But God wants us to make those requests known to him, like we mentioned a minute ago, even though he knows God knew that he didn't want David to do the things he did. He knew that um, David didn't want the child to die, but he still made those requests known. And another example I used in the sermon of kind of a, a similar, not super similar situation as far as the logistics, but just this idea of making your request known to God is Paul's thorn in the flesh, right? And we don't know what that was, but that same attitude of God, I don't want this, or I don't like this. And I see, I know that you have done this. I, I am fully aware of how capable you are and how powerful you are. I know that if, and that evidently, again, we don't know the details of what it was, specifically but it's evidently something that paul couldn't fix himself but he knows as a man of faith that god could fix that if you wanted to could just remove that somehow um but he still um makes that request known to god he still asks him multiple times until you know that he gets to the point where god says my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness i'm not you know, the answer is no. And this is kind of the, uh, I love you. And I, and I, you know, I'm not going to remove this. Um, And and so still that is kind of a, a major component of what our perspective in prayer should be is there's nothing wrong with telling God, I don't like this. I don't know why you're doing this. 
because again, he knows all of those things. So it's not like we don't need to pull a Jonah and try and hide those things from <laughs> him, right? Um, but yeah. um, just making those requests known, even even if it kind of comes from a place of frustration with God, but working that out with him rather than just running the other way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And um, I was thinking about what you were talking about. I was going to text you Sunday morning because I thought about, I know you emphasized emphasize, you know, pouring our hearts out to God, being anxious for nothing, talking to God, and also understanding that there is something for, for us to do as well. I think one of the best examples of that is with evangelism, right? Where as we go to God in prayer, you know, what can I do, you know, as we pray? And I, th- I thought about Colossians chapter four and verse number two, where Paul is telling the saints to pray for him where he says in Colossians 4 and verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, keep an alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been in prison. So they're praying for a door of opportunity to be opened, and yet there's still some things that they're going to have to do. They would have to walk through that door. They would have to look around for these opportunities. They would have to communicate and talk. And that's, you know, he, he talks about that, about speech and things like that. So it's interesting, even as we pray for these kinds of things, you know, there's still something for, for us to do. And uh, understanding that I think goes long, a long way. And even with give us this day our daily bread. Well, as much as we'd want uh, manna to come down from the sky, it doesn't work like that. So we still pray for this daily bread, and yet we use the means and the wisdom God has given us uh, as we work, uh, as we labor, so that we can have this daily bread. Right. There, there is that definitely that practical component of like, going back to the life of Paul. You know, he he talks about buffeting the body. He tells Timothy to take a little bit of wine for his stomach, and you see those different scenarios where Paul Paul is doing things in a in a practical, in a wise way, um, and, and so he's not necessarily. Um, I mean, so he just is using God's wisdom whenever he can the and um like you and i have talked about that those things are gifts from god as well right god giving us the means to go go get our own food or um and you know giving us the wisdom to oh i need to for paul when he's in danger to know oh i don't need to go to this city or that's going to be dangerous or i need to leave under the cover of night for my own safety and different things like that where we can use this practical wisdom and this practical knowledge in addition to our prayer requests um, and just kind of find that balance of, I, I know God is in control and I know God will help me with these things, but I also know that there are things that I am capable of and that I can do um, and that God, in a sense, is calling me to do um, and requires me to do in order to see the fruit of, of what I'm asking of him. Amen. Amen. We've got to get an amen at least once right. in this podcast. Right. I'll beat you. I'll beat you. I'm two for two or three for three. <laughs> well, you mentioned um, one of your family members uh, is going to go back, I think you said, and listen to the sermon again. Uh, I talked to Nikki and she had mentioned that she's going to do the same thing as well. What do you want people to leave with this sermon? 
And by that, I mean, okay, they've heard the sermon, prayer and perspective, understanding our perspective, God's perspective. So for younger Christians who were in the audience yesterday, Miles, for the more mature Christians, what's, what, what, do, what do you want them to do? Uh, what, what, what do you want us to do as we move forward in this discipline of prayer? I think the two things, I, for our perspective in prayer, I had six things I kind of broke down. Um, but if I had to kind of focus on two, um, one would be at the end, and that was something that we've already talked about a little bit, no, quite a bit, um, no matter what, make your request known to God, right? It, one of the main passages I used was Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, where in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to God, right? We we want to pray, um, and, and that I would kind of include in that praying according to his will, right? We want to make our requests made known to God, but we also want to surrender our will to his um, and and submit to that. But one thing, one of my favorite passages, and I think for me that was most beneficial in kind of this whole study was in Ezra chapter 8. Um, in Ezra 8, um, verses 21 through 23, you see Ezra... Um, he he it talks about Ezra being ashamed to um to ask for military power right he's a, he's ashamed to ask the king because he said we had been praying for for God to protect us and we've been talking about how God is going to protect us and provide for us and so um you kind of see Ezra practicing what he's preaching where he's saying you know I don't want to I'm I'm embarrassed to ask I um because I've been talking about prayer and fasting so much, so I need to be praying and fasting. And I think as people of faith, we can maybe, it's like, oh yeah, I need to pray because praying is good, just kind of in a general sense, but then I need to fix it myself. Um, and so kind of steer, trying to steer clear of that. Um, and again, take practical steps when you're able to, but there's so often, there's so many situations in life where it really feels like there's nothing we can do from our perspective but knowing that God is there and God's listening and he has his will and he's working um, for us in the sense of uh, wanting the best for us, for his eternal glory, um, making sure our trust is in the Lord always. Amen. And that sounds like the prayer of Jehoshaphat. Our eyes are on you um, because we do not know what to do. And um, as much as we want to try to find solutions, I love that example with Ezra. There's a, a, a total dependence upon the Lord, and it may actually be reversed from what we do. We may actually try to go out to find people or resources more intently than we do praying intently. And so Ezra has it in the right order. Now, I need to be utterly relying upon God. He'll open up these doors for me. Um, and so that's that's something fantastic. So. Thank you very much, Miles. Uh, excellent work, brother. And let's be people of prayer. Let's pray for one another. And um, and let's trust in the Lord. So cast all your cares to him. He cares for us. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless.